All right, I think we're live. Namaste and welcome to the 36th edition of the Bharat Vartha Weekly. Uh, if you find a familiar face missing, that's because Vatsa has had some pressing duties on the personal front. He's not available. Uh, instead, we have Abhishek Paul, who you have seen on plenty of episodes before, uh, joining us to discuss the news and events. Hi, Abhishek. How are you? Hi, Kari. Hi, Ashish. I'm good. Hello. And of course, we have Ashish uh, uh, as well joining us. Uh, plenty of uh, things to discuss uh, this week. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the episodes that we published. We put out a couple of very insightful episodes, uh, one on foreign policy, actually both on foreign policy in some in some sense, right? Uh, Ashish, do you want to talk about uh, your experience, uh, you know, talking to uh, uh, Shri Gautam Bambavle? Yeah, so uh, Gautam Bambavle is India's foremost expo uh, expert on the Chinese policy. He was India's ambassador in his last role uh, to China. Uh, he retired in 2018, and uh, he has actually had three or four China three three China stints where he has seen a lot of turmoil in terms of uh, Indo-Chinese relationship. And he spoke quite candidly about uh, the current border dispute. Also, the impact on the Chinese uh, on the Pakistan uh, side of the border uh, and the Indo-US relationship. Uh, he explained the uh, overall overarching theme in terms of how we have gone about creating the China policy in the last few years, and uh, also gave us a glimpse of how IFS works in general. So, uh, a very exciting uh, discussion and and very informative discussion. We usually don't cover foreign policy so much, and hearing it from someone who's a veteran and not just a veteran, but one of the best in the history of the Indian diploma uh, diplomacy, that was quite an experience. Right. Uh, and uh, Abhishek, what do you think about uh, the uh, episode with the uh, Honorable MP Bob Blackman? Yes, Kari. So I think it. Uh, I. Really enjoyed watching this episode. Uh, I think it's the first time a foreign sitting parliamentarian from uh, another country has joined Bharat Vartha, right? So it was historic in that way. And uh, Bob Blackman, who is the sitting MP of Harrow East, uh, right, is known to be a really great friend of India, right? So he champions the Indian community quite a lot in his work. And it was great to hear his insights about you know how he has gone about uh, you know building a connect with the indian community there in britain and uh, also you know being a, a conservative mp uh, you know generally they are sort of looked at as uh, you know a group in which you know the immigrant community will probably not be voting for them a lot right and some insights were shared about that in in the show but he's uh, done uh, really well in terms of building a connect uh, with the Indian community. And also, you know, he was, you know, awarded the Padma Shri. And uh, unfortunately, he's not yet been able to come and collect, but his excitement and uh, about that was really worth uh, watching. I mean, yeah, I, I got also... a sense that uh, he knew about some of the issues more than some of the Indian MPs also would have known. Like he was talking about farm protests, the way we yes. would talk. On, on our podcast. So. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he was also pleasantly surprised by uh, Rohit Jaraman's uh, scope of knowledge, right? And depth. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the start around uh, how he was the only one, only MP, only conservative MP to win a uh, Indian voting, Indian diaspora majority voting seat. Uh, not quite a diaspora standard. majority, but top 20 with share of the diaspora, I guess. Right. The right way of yeah, looking yeah. at it. Yeah. All right, Abhishek, you don't have to compete with Rohit. 
<laughs> we know both of you are good. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, PLI schemes worth over 10,000 crore rupees for uh, solar photovoltaics and white goods have been approved by the cabinet. Uh, the government will open bids for uh, PLI over the next two weeks. The beneficial manufacturing by offering higher PLIs for effective factories. Uh, it has already begun to attract uh, some of the foreign companies as well. Uh, Ashish, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, we've, we've talked about PLIs plenty before. Uh, can you talk about this uh, particular sector as such and what it's going to, uh, how it's going to uh, play a part? Yeah, so uh, PLI seem to be the favorite uh, topic for our weekly. And given that there are 12, 13 sectors involved, we also have new news coming in fairly regularly. But this one is quite critical. Uh, the first one, uh, which is the appliances and consumer electronics industry. Uh, this industry is close to about, uh, you know, uh, 11, 12 billion in size uh, before the pandemic. And it is expected to grow almost, uh, I mean, almost double in the next five years to about 20 billion. So there's a big, uh, uh, you know, uh, scope of the local market itself. I mean, forget exports, but the local market itself can give a major boost to several players. And uh, we do have several compliance makers who, uh, who several appliance makers who uh, are based in India, but uh, the imports are also pretty high. I mean, let's take an example of the ACs, for example, uh, ACs as a category, right? So uh, the AC market in India was about 75 lakh units last year, of which India imported almost one third of ACs. So 25 lakh units were imported. But after the new import restrictions around, uh, uh, you know, compressed machines and so on, uh, the expectation is that for next year, when the market 2022, when the market becomes about 90 lakh units, uh, India may actually end up producing 90% of that locally. So the impact of this PLI is fairly uh, obvious straight away. I mean, they, it's, it's a first year impact, basically. And uh, the expectation here is that the ACs, which have about 25% market, 25% uh, value addition in the Indian market, uh, in the Indian production destinations, will have about 75% local component manufacture uh, manufacturing in the next two to three years. So uh, A, I mean, we attract the assembly units pretty much straight away in the first year, and then also increase the, the localized components within those assembly units in the next, uh, in the next, next three years or so. So that's, that's on the uh, appliances side on the solar PV. Again, uh, the expectation is that this, this uh, uh, PLI, which is about four and a half thousand crores will cover uh, 10, uh, 10 gigawatts of capacity in the integrated solar PV manufacturing industry, uh, which will bring in an investment of about uh, $2 billion and will give about 1 lakh jobs. So that is the, uh, that is the overall architecture in which the, in which the uh, PLI has been designed. Uh, what we don't know right now is like who's going to come and manufacture. Will it be the Chinese players or will the Indian companies also put their hands up and say that, okay, fine, we will invest in that capacity in India. Uh, this is uh, important because India actually used to manufacture solar PV modules. In fact, in one of our episodes, uh, Mudit Jain, who works for uh, one of the leading uh, clean tech companies in India, he had talked about this, that India was actually a leader in this segment just 12, 13 years ago. But because of Chinese dumping, we lost the advantage of manufacturing to China. So, I mean, we, we can get it back. It's not too difficult, but it will need new entrepreneurs to put in money. Uh, and hence a slightly dif different, uh, difficult one to capitalize on. I would say that the appliances one is much more easy to implement. The, the solar PV one, 
of course the roi is pretty high and i really hope that india indian manufacturers do uh, participate but in general it's a little bit more difficult to implement because the costs of imports are very very low right now i mean china has done a phenomenal job over the last decade in terms of reducing the production costs here but uh, yeah i think that's that's the whole intent of the plis uh, not all of them may succeed eventually we know that and uh, given that india has a big market for solar india is ex- ex- expected to add a uh, big capacity in the next 2 3 years that is one incentive which uh, hopefully will attract manufacturers so fingers crossed on this one right uh, for more on plis ashish has done plenty of uh, episodes uh, on this specifically i mean uh, i think we will link it uh, link to it in the description do check it out uh, all right moving on uh, the center collected a higher than expected direct tax uh, for the financial year 2021 Uh, a net amount of 9.45 lakh crores was collected and up to 40000 crores uh, from the revised estimated presented uh, in the union budget uh, on uh, in february the high tax payout coupled with uh, revenue from union excise duties would allow the center to rein in fiscal deficit at a uh, at a lower uh, level than predictions Uh, robust gst collections in recent months have also brightened the prospects of the central gst collections being higher than the predictions uh, abhishek uh, considering you are the uh, chartered accountant right now on the panel uh, you know what is the big picture here what benefits uh, are we seeing from this yes so on this uh, as you said right the direct uh, tax collections came about 104% of the uh, revised estimate so 9.45 lakh crores versus Uh, 9.05 lakh crores in fact the gross domestic tax uh, sorry direct tax collection for the year is actually 5% higher than you know fiscal 20 right it came at about 12.06 lakh crores but on the flip side what happened is the refunds uh, given out in this fiscal were much higher about 42% higher at 2.61 lakh crores so what has happened is you know with more faceless assessment and appeals and more use of it i think the refund process has become uh, much more swifter and so we are seeing a lot more upfront refunds also with the pandemic you know coming uh, it made sense for the government to help out as much as possible in the refund space so on the big picture i think uh, things are not great right in terms of direct tax collection this is the second year in a row that we have seen a drop year over year right so in fi uh, 19 uh, india's uh, direct tax collection was at 11.36 lakh crores and after that we saw about a 7.5% drop in fi 20 that is almost uh, that is pretty much the pre pandemic uh, picture that was at 10.5 lakh crore and then this year uh, we are down to 9.45 so uh this year of course is more to do with the decline in economy in the pandemic so uh next year's estimates in the budget are about 11.08 lakh crore which is a 17% increase now while the number looks big this is kind of in sync with the double digit growth that we are expecting in the gdp as well right so a couple of things to note within the direct tax picture we right the corporation tax uh part of it has been the drop has been much more right so about uh, this year's estimate is 4.57 lakh crores versus last year of about 5.57 right so the big drop has come in the 
corporation tax space the income personal income tax space has been sort of flat year over year almost at about 4.9 cro uh, lakh crore right so the other thing uh, that has been talked about slightly as an aside but worth uh, considering for us is that uh, recently uh, you know janet yellen who's the uh, treasury secretary now in the us and she's talked about having a global alliance on a minimum tax initiative right so you the us corporation tax rate right now is about 21% they're talking about making bringing it up to 28% right and the indian sort of adjusted tax rate is also close to the us rate right now about 21.6 so what the current biden administration wants to do is increase uh, corporate tax rates but also sort of have agreements with many other countries to bring the average rate closer for all these countries to around the 28% level so that the tax avoidance that is happening uh, you know in which you know companies go to exotic locations and sort of avoid taxes that uh, can be minimized or stopped so interesting to see you know what happens on that front all right uh moving on the punjab government has implemented a direct back bank transfer for their farmers bypassing the existing arthia system uh the state has already begun procuring the massive 130 lakh tons of wheat crop for this season uh under the new method farmers will directly receive the msp for their products in their bank account reportedly the center forced the state to implement the scheme threatening to not buy the if uh, the new system was not followed punjab chief minister captain amrinder singh ordered various steps to ensure the continued involvement of artias in the procurement process this came after they went on a strike protesting the new scheme uh, ashish uh, it seems like the center is not uh, budging how do you see this uh, panning out this is actually a very uh, important victory for central government and the tussle between the center and the state uh see the i'll give you a bit of a background here so the pfms or the public finance management system was implemented by india in 2009 it was a electronic system which connects all the cent, uh, states with the central treasury and the idea was that the pfms will be used for all money movement between center and state i mean going back to the infamous statement once made by rajiv gandhi that if delhi gives 1 rupee then 15 paise reach the states the idea of pfms was to keep that 1 rupee as 1 rupee in the sense that have as many direct transfers as possible without having any exchange of money or cash through the chain and not just to the states but actually the beneficiaries in the states right so that was how pfms was envisaged and in 2013 starting 2013 pfms was starting was used by the central government to, uh, to 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 put in dbt in place so i mean all dbt works via the pfms basically now of course different schemes took different times to get on boarded and by 2017 the the modi government made pfms mandatory uh, at that point of time uh, punjab was not compliant on the agriculture benefits transfer uh, given that the rtias are play a critical role in the state now why do do they they do that because about 40000 farmers in punjab are supposed to be absentee farmers which means that they could be living in canada uk delhi or wherever else but they have got farmland which the aratias manage on their behalf and they maintain a verbal record of who's tilling the land so let's say a landless i mean uh, let's say a not uh, a, a, a a laborer farmer from up or bihar can go to punjab 
lease a land or a rent a uh, piece of land and then basically do the uh, you know agriculture work for a season and this is managed by aratias in terms of uh, you know think about it as a uh, someone having a flat and uh, you know in a, in a society but living in the us and having a local broker manage that right so that's what aratias do in punjab and uh, hence they used to uh, the idea was that the money should go to aratias and they basically transfer the money to the in some proportion to the tenants to the to the rentiers and to the actual landowners now uh this issue was also there in haryana but not as big and haryana actually also integrated land records with the pfms starting this year so punjab was the only state where no integration no no electronic records were maintained as to who the money was going to that the money was going to aratias they were supposed to keep they call it a form j so they would fill the form j and keep the keep the details to themselves but no one knew whether it was right wrong uh you know who's actually beneficiary so that has now changed and what happened in the previous in the meeting with uh, piyush goel uh, who's the uh, civil supplies minister right now uh, after uh, mr paswan passed away so he basically told uh, uh, manpreet badal who's the finance minister of punjab that the the central government will not procure for punjab uh, at all uh, this season and as you know the ravi marketing season or rms as we call it that's starting now like monday basically tomorrow right so uh there was an urgency on uh getting this done and uh, uh several extensions had been given to the punjab government but they were refusing to to comply but this time they had to uh, also because some 29% of the procurement in the last season in the last procurement season uh you know for for all the procurement that the government central government did for the kharif uh, marketing season the previous one uh, 29% of that happened in punjab so uh in any case i mean you know the, the the threat would have played out because states like up mp bihar they have always feel short charged because of this given that they have made rapid rise rapid progress in agriculture in the last decade and uh, so punjab had to relent now the next question is what do they how do they manage the aratias right for example they went on a strike yesterday but uh, ended the strike after 2 hours so i think the aratias also understand that there isn't much of a option here in in terms of uh, you know uh uh for 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 them and uh, they have relented at least now now when the land records are implemented and integrated in the pfms which is 6 months down the line punjab has got 6 months uh, grace for that that will definitely be a big blow to arhatias because then the all the contracts would have had to become written and not verbal and they will be managed electronically and not via an individual so that's another battle for the next uh, for the kharif marketing season 21 22 uh but uh, interesting times because this can also impact the farmer protests going on around delhi uh in, in the sense that well, there's one reason less for the protests now to actually exist all right moving on it's been uh, raining unicorns as uh, six new startups have entered the unicorn club in the last week alone uh fintech startup cred social media startup uh, share chat wealth management company grow messaging platform gupshop uh, social commerce startup misho and e pharmacy farmeasy were the companies uh, that achieved the uh, the unicorn status uh, just last week alone so i feel like i can cover this in a little more depth uh, uh, let me give you a few numbers right so there are roughly around 50 unicorns in india uh, globally there are 600 unicorns 50% of these unicorns are based out of the us or headquarter in the us us companies uh, about 25% of them uh, in china 
but if you see how india is catching up india is right now third in the race right and uh, uh, we've already had about nine unicorns this year and as i mentioned six in the last week alone uh, all of these uh, spread across very diverse businesses right health tech social commerce infrastructure uh, e pharmacy and so on um, last year the number of new startups uh, launched fell by about 70% uh, and the funding was uh, about 10% lower than 2019 right um, but the number of deals went up right the number of deals uh, vc investments actually went up uh, and this year uh, by some estimates i mean i remember reading inc 42 and so on uh, they are expected to do about 13.7 billion dollars of uh, uh, vc investment right and the previous uh, this is which will actually be a peak uh, uh, for india uh, the previous peak was around 2017 now you know given all these numbers right let me put some of this in perspective what does this really mean now 11.5 billion uh, is actually nothing right if you look at global vc activity it's around 300 billion dollars right so that's uh, 11.5 is around 3 to 4% or probably lesser i think right and us corners nearly 50% of this entire uh, global vc uh, money as well right so they come in at around 146 billion uh, now we've always had seed and series a investors here and i feel it's improved in fact there's a lot more activity at the uh, series a and pre series a seed uh, stage but what's interesting right now uh, is that a lot more growth stage uh, funds will come in uh, you know tiger global uh, raised around 6.6 uh, billion dollars just this month in fact uh, april 2nd uh, and given you know that the low interest rates are pretty low uh, around the world and it's going to be that way uh, a lot more growth stage capital is going to come into india um, and you know i mean i don't see this uh, founders uh, shouldn't see this as exits but really as fuel to really go all out and leverage and build really really big businesses right um, so uh, i think uh, you know plenty of these uh, deals were also sort of uh, in the run up to an ipo so you saw zomato raise a bunch of money and then you saw uh, plenty of others as well right so uh, so this is last call in for some of the investors in some sense right uh, and any time we talk about funding and all of these things there's always a voice on you know uh, concern on losses of course we have a chartered accountant uh, on the panel today so i'm sure that he is looking at right hand side left hand side all of those balancing uh, uh things and you know thinking about losses but uh, uh you know just to remind you guys i think it's a different sort of a business where you go for scale and then you know cash in on profits uh, at uh, scale uh, so amazon took uh, something like 18 quarters to turn profits uh, and uh, you know last year alone last year they did about 21 billion dollars in profit uh, and it's not just amazon alone right amazon of course is uh, you know one of those examples that's often brought up and uh, you know to achieve amazon's levels of level of execution uh, is it, it's it's you could almost think of it as an outlier right but there are other examples so airbnb for example took 6 years uh, massive funding raised a bunch of cash and then uh, took 6 years to turn profitable and despite covid right where there were travel restric- restrictions and everything they did fairly well uh, uh last year in fact i mean there's a very good podcast of uh, brian chesky where he talks about how literally 70% of his uh, business vanished uh, in april and how they've recovered from there on right uh, tesla took 10 years uh, to turn over a profit and uh, you know this these are not new things right i mean anything uh, 
uh, these kind of businesses do take time like for example fedex right is one of the famous examples uh, legendary examples from years before right which took a long time as well to turn over a profit uh, the other thing is uh, so just to round up that last point i mean you know wait it out don't be cynical about uh, all the uh, you know losses and whatever it is that you know people talk about uh, the more important thing for us uh, i feel is the second order effects uh, that this will hap- happen right i mean we've seen plenty of buyback uh, uh, activity over the course of like the last 6 7 months uh, anacademy has bought uh, bought back esops zomato has bought back esops urban company has bought back esops uh this means that you know a lot more people uh, in the ecosystem are making money startup ecosystem are making money these are early employees and so on and so forth um so which means that you know arguably they will start funding startups they will start up themselves uh and as consumers i mean you get better and cheaper services uh, i would say right so uh, overall i think it's a very positive thing uh, you know considering that i think on some axis we'll have to uh leapfrog institutions and directly go into some kind of startup innovation like education for example right do i believe that there'll be the likes of stanford's and what not built in india over the next 5 10 years um not likely i would more bet on the likes of byju's or an academy creating that next level of uh, education infrastructure and services for india right so uh on all of those fronts i think it's a very very positive thing uh ashish uh, abhishek anything you guys want to add so uh I mean the 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 for the one effect I saw was the Californian VC money making gunda out of Rahul Dravid. So I think it's it's quite transformational, I must say. Of course, Ashish, your favorite ad in recent times, right? Uh, of course, I mean the Indore guy has been changed into a Bangalore gunda, so it's 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 not acceptable. I think you know some of his irascible Indore tendencies do <laughs> tend to flare up, but uh, yeah, he retains that uh, Bangalorean class. Right? I I liked it so much. I made that picture my Twitter DP. See. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, so, Congress uh, State President uh, Nana Patole accused the center of playing vaccine politics uh, with non-BJP states. Uh, he alleged that the center was discriminating against states uh, by rationing vaccines, calling it their again within quotes biggest sin. Prime Minister Narendra Modi also responded to these allegations uh, saying I have been putting up with all kinds of statements I choose not to open my mouth. Uh Union Health Minister Dr Harshvardhan accused Maharashtra of diverting people's attention from its dismal management of the pandemic by blaming the center for vaccine shortage. Maharashtra has been allocated 1.0 crore 1.06 crore doses of vaccines while Rajasthan has got 1.04 crore doses and Gujarat 1.05 crores there's a huge demand for vaccine as the country is in the throes of a second covid wave ashish uh, your thoughts on the situation i think it's a, a fairly complex situation the supply chain is currently running in a jit mode and a just in time mode so stockouts are going to happen it's it's a, it's inevitable uh the politics is also inevitable unfortunately because that's how india runs there will always be some back and forth but actually i see the positive side of this uh india has hit uh, 10 crore vaccinations in about 85 days uh which is fewer number of days than what us and china took to to get there right and uh, also the fact that uh we've also exported uh, about 6.45 crore doses which has earned us quite a lot of goodwill uh in the in the larger target scheme which i mean india has of getting 30 30 crore people to get vaccinated by july 
the the 6.45 crore doses may not be that big a deal because that's like three three crore more people than the target population. So it's 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 while I mean people have been cynical about why are we exporting etc. The fact is that it doesn't really uh, you know change much on the domestic front per se. It's it's like a month's production eventually. I mean it, we will eventually get there when when in a month we will have the, those many vaccines being produced locally. So uh, as such, uh, you know, not not too bad a situation uh, as of now. Now, of course, the problem is that Indian scale is unparalleled, right? So you can say that we have, uh, you know, vaccinated more number of people than the entire population of several countries, but our our scale is also humongous. Um, having said that, uh, the fact that India could match the pace of US, which is 34x our per capita income. that just shows that there are natural limitations to this process right i mean the, the if we, we we could do something at the scale of us and at the speed of us and yet yet get nowhere in terms of the results that we expect it just shows that it's a complex problem and i don't think there is much more to be done uh, barring the fact that we continue the pace and get new vaccines in and i think that that's going to happen in the next let's say 2 uh, 3 months when we will have the sputnik 5 from russia being manufactured in india hope fully they will get the emergency use authorization very very soon in the next let's say 2 3 weeks so that, that should add about uh, 250 million doses to indian uh, uh, production they are going to um, manufacture a billion in india 750 for exports and then jnj single dose vaccine which will come with the quad obligations which was discussed in the previous uh, or the i think i think in one of our weeklies maybe two weeklies ago so uh, overall uh, you know uh, let's let's be op- optimistic about this it's it's a it's a difficult situation uh the politics is inevitable but also i think largely speaking india has done quite well uh from from where we were uh, uh and, and and the resources which we had yeah all right moving on malika shrinivasan head of tafe has been named the new chairperson of the pesp uh the public enterprise uh, enterprises selection board which was functioning without a head for 7 months uh, is in charge of evolving policy for central public sector enterprises Uh, the appointment of Mr. Srinivasan represents a higher degree of collaboration between public and private sectors. Uh, while these positions were previously held by favored bureaucrats, the appointment of a professional might signify a brighter path forward. Uh, Abhishek, talk about the larger significance of this. Yes, so it's it's a positive development to see uh, such an industry stalwart uh, who, who heads, uh, you know. Tafe and is on several uh, other boards as well, right? So a very accomplished uh, corporate leader getting uh, a, a post like this in the uh, government. So this uh, PSEB, right, uh, sits in in the Department of Pension and uh, Personnel Training uh, as part of the Government of India, right? So. Uh, as you said they are responsible for selection of leaders for our uh, hundreds of uh, central psus right as well as uh, you know setting up measures for their personnel uh, personnel uh, you know performance appraisal and other things and it's great that someone from the industry is coming in we would expect you know more sharpening up of uh, and more basically more professionalization sort of brought in into the picture so that uh, our psus those who are doing well can keep doing well and others can sort of turn around with this professional oversight 
all right uh, so that's it from us uh, this week uh, thank you again for all of the support uh, that you guys have been giving us right uh, people continuing to say that we are underrated uh, like ashish says hopefully for not not for too long right uh, uh, thank you again and uh, you know we have uh, uh, premium subscriptions as well there's plus and there's prime a uh, bunch of benefits that you get on youtube uh, please click on the join button and uh, you know join our community uh thank you again for your support and uh, look forward to seeing you seeing you guys uh, next week on another edition of the bharatvarta weekly uh please stay safe for uh, take care and jai hind